Welcome to Fusion Fast Forward. We're building a bridge between the recent online retailer Fusion event and the in-person online retailer event in July in Sydney in partnership with online retailer Nora Network and Mouth Media Network in New York. I'm Mark Rako. I'm so excited you're here, but not as excited as I am for our guest, Australia Post's Silvio Giorgio. He is the general manager of Data Science. Uh, and we're going to get a chance to talk with Silvio about data science more broadly, but also the impending launch of the inaugural Delivery Experience Report. Silvio's got a lot to say, and I've gotten a peek at this inaugural Delivery Experience Report, and it's pretty interesting. And we're going to find out all about why it matters so much. Silvio established and leads data science for Australia Post, applying artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive modeling, and other funky stuff with data to improve people's safety, customer experiences, and commercial outcomes. A thought leader, Silvia was recognized as the top analytics leader for 2020 by none other than the Institute of Analytics Professionals of Australia. So a big welcome to Silvia. Welcome to the show, sir. It's so nice to meet you. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Silvia, how about we start with just taking a quick look at why does this report matter so much? Why should people care about this? E-commerce experienced a phenomenal growth in 2020, up about 57% year on year. Now, Australia's online share of retail spend, that took us to about 16% last year, which brought us closer to the US and the UK, but we still lag behind countries like China and South Korea, who are operating at the, say, 30, just, just under the 30% penetration. And with this accelerated growth online and the potential growth to come based on countries with high online penetration rates, Getting the delivery experience matters a lot, right? We all experience, we all shop online, we, we all pay attention to the delivery experience as consumers. And so this report focuses solely on the customer experience and shares data-led recommendations to help improve the delivery experience for all consumers. Got it. All right. So let's, uh, let's circle back a little bit and talk about why you're the guy. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how that's led you to uh, not just leading data science for Australia Post, but uh, how that has been a very natural progression to this delivery experience report. Yeah, this is an interesting topic because I'm not a data guy. I okay. <laughs> uh, feel like an imposter in this field. I was originally brought into Australia Post by the group CFO to help her disrupt from within. My background is actually in accounting and management consulting, but I have a natural curiosity for technology, not so much the technical side of it, but rather how it's changing human behavior. As human beings, we tend to be or seem to be more willing to accept disruptive technologies into our own personal lives way more than we are as employees. So I was brought in to bring finance into the future, make it more digital, if you will. Now, at the heart of that is data. So my curiosity naturally pivoted towards artificial intelligence. It's all already pervasive impact on our behavior. Um, it's a technology I actually fear, which makes me want to lean more into it. So our... <laughs> 
yeah, our conversations, you know, with the group CFO were uh, about data intelligence, where it was taking us as consumers, my natural fear of it, and that I was trying to convince her that we needed to lean more into it. And uh, with that, we founded the data science team at Australia Post, and we've been around for about five years. Very interesting. Now, what exactly is data science for those who aren't completely familiar with it? And what is the value that it brings for any organization? I'm going to make this really simple. Data okay. science does magic with data. <laughs> um, <laughs> very simply, we exist to generate value in the business by improving safety for our people, lifting customer experience and service performance and delivering better outcomes. But we do this in about three ways, through data, through insight and through intervention. With data, we build sophisticated analytical assets for people to use so that they can make decisions um, closer to the business. We also operate a, like an internal consultancy and we provide insights that helps us make decisions. And this, the delivery experience report is an example of the insight that we can provide using data um, to help us make decisions to improve customer experience. The one that we're really focused on and now starting to move more into is intervention and using artificial intelligence in real time to help lift our game when it comes to service performance and customer experience. So it means that we can use data intelligence to empower more people to make better informed decisions, but also to invest in the right places and develop solutions that provide a better and more consistent service using this technology. Very good. Thank you. Uh, let me pivot a little bit. Now, we already get a lot of e-commerce insights from Australia Post through the Inside Australian Online Shopping Report. Can you explain the, the thinking behind this new report and how it can be used in conjunction with these other insights? Why is that such a natural connection? Sure. The e-commerce insights report focuses on e-commerce growth and online shopping tr penetration trends in Australia. So it gives a real indication of where the market is going and what's happening in this space in terms of its growth. And I've already mentioned some of the, the or made reference to some of the, I guess, growth that we've been experiencing in the more recent times. But the delivery experience report focuses on the experience that we should all be focusing on as a result of that growth. And it draws on data from about, or well, from more than 400 million business to consumer deliveries, millions of calls to our contact center and NPS responses that we've collected. It shares what we've learned from all of those customer interactions that we have every day and what Australia Post knows about when, where, and how people want to receive their parcels. Should the listener already know what NPS means? Oh, sorry, yes. Um, so that's net promoter score. So this is a survey that we conduct to understand whether consumers would promote us based on the experience that they've had with us. That's something that we pay a lot of attention to because we want to understand if our customers are promoting our services, what about those services they enjoy the most, but also if there are things about that service that they're not enjoying and they let us know about it, then what can we do to improve that? Now, Australia Post is the delivery partner for many retailers, and we are using data to help us collectively improve first-time delivery lift customer NPS and reduce complaints. So the report takes us through what getting the delivery experience right looks like, what we at Australia Post are doing, and make some practical recommendations that online retailers can do to improve that experience for their customers. And just to call out, these recommendations are just that, recommendations. 
uh, we genuinely provide them as an invitation to challenge our collective thinking about how we can work together to create those great experiences. So, you know, the Australia Post is really positioning itself as a, as a partner in a way, you know, let us, let us do some of the legwork, let us provide you with these insights, these recommendations, and help you proceed forward as businesses with using the insights we're in a position to provide. Absolutely. Australia Post is the outsourced logistics partner for many online retailers. So we are paying a lot of attention on the delivery experience and how we can improve that experience for consumers, but also to the benefit of our partners who are the online retailers. Sylvia, let's just touch briefly on the inaugural delivery experience report. Uh, what are the general areas that the recommendations centered on? How, how did Australia Post kind of decide here, here's where we're going to focus our, our data collection on and here's what we're going to arrive are the, the subject matter under which recommendations are going to be made? Early on in our journey, the data science team actually started to explore the data to understand whether we could see consistent patterns in that data that impacted the delivery experience. And we found several. And for some time have been engaging with our customers in conversations, testing our hypotheses, understanding the data in the context of their, of their businesses and, and I guess operational perspectives. But there's a big problem with that. There are so many retailers and so few of us. So we wanted a scalable way of sharing what we've learned of, from what we've seen in the data, but also from those conversations uh, with those online retailers. And so we're coming to everybody with five recommendations on patterns that we're seeing in the data and those conversations. And those are reducing signature on delivery and offering more collection points, providing delivery information from checkout to delivery, sharing contact details with Australia Post upfront, improving address accuracy and label quality, and using best fit packaging. Let's take an example. The data consistently shows that requiring a signature is the number one impact on first-time delivery. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And apartments and choosing alternative delivery locations has a big impact as well. And whilst Australia Post has the advantage of being able to card people to their local post office if we can't get it to you first time, our preference absolutely is still first time to your desired destination. The data reveals three things. Removing signature on delivery reduces carding by up to 89%. When a customer chooses an alternative collection point, their net promoter score almost doubles and they pick up the parcel twice as fast. And parcels still arrive safely without a signature on delivery. When I talk about carding, I'm talking about the inverse of first-time delivery. So first-time delivery is us getting it to your door. When uh, we card you or leave a, a card to go collect it, from a post office, that's the equivalent of us sending you to a, to a post office to pick up your parcel. So we pay a lot of attention to carding because it means that we weren't able to get it to you first time. Pre-COVID, carding to houses was 10 times worse for parcels that had a signature versus those that didn't have a signature. And yes, whilst we saw carding rates drop during, during COVID because more people were at home, the patterns were the same. And we're seeing carding rates start to increase again as people start to return to work. Now, when a customer chooses an alternative collection point, they have a much better experience. So we see higher carding or lower first-time delivery for, for deliveries requiring a signature. If we add apartments into the mix, deliveries to apartments compound first-time delivery. It raises the carding rate to about 30% of those uh, requiring a signature versus 9% for those without. 
And so why are we looking at apartments? Well, the volume to apartments is growing faster than any other channel. And that's because lots of the growth is in and around cities with high density. Half of Greater Sydney is apartments. Actually, a third of Greater Melbourne is apartments. So with higher carding, unsurprisingly, deliveries to apartments have the lowest NPS. And to combat this, consumers are actually starting to redirect their parcels away from their own homes to post local post office locations. And the data shows that they have a better experience if they choose a post office location versus if we send them to one. So this is, this is all valuable data for us to pay attention to um, in understanding what consumers are doing to respond to challenges that we're having in getting the deliveries to their front door, especially if they live apartments. Now, the big question we get from retailers is whether the deliveries still arrive on time. And the answer to this question is yes. We analysed about 55 retailers that significantly dropped signature on their deliveries. We consistently saw a drop in carding by about 45%, a lift in NPS by about two points, with a negligible increase in lost in transit. We're talking about one in 100,000 more parcels lost in transit. So that's a negligible increase for a much better impact on the customer experience. That's fascinating. You know, this data set led you to that recommendation, but what other kind of analysis did it lead it lead you to that that's not even necessarily a part of this report? Were you able to get any other insights from that data set? In data science, you must must have been looking at the at that and and saying, "Geez, I didn't expect to draw this conclusion. It doesn't lead to a recommendation, but we may have learned something here." Yeah, it's an unnatural conclusion. The the major response that we get from most online retailers is that signature creates a more secure delivery. Right. And the data was telling us actually that that didn't seem to be the case. It felt like it was a humanistic security blanket, whereas the data was showing a huge upside on net promoter score or delivery experience, huge upside in first-time delivery, but a, you know almost negligible cost in lost in transit. What we've experienced during this process is, and having conversations with retailers, they're a little reluctant to drop their signature, but those that have, have seen the benefits of it and are now convinced that the drop in signature is actually improving the delivery experience. That's extremely interesting. Yeah, and it, and it creates fascinating conversations because when you think about, say, a retailer's resistance to potentially dropping signature. They're using their Of course, their, 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 customer, their customer service response, they think it's going to explode as they deal with all of the delivery issues, right? Right, but then really what's actually happening is they're reflecting on their own personal experiences. Let's say when you do something that draws in more complaints, we're hypersensitive to negative feedback and we're paying a lot of attention to it. Plus, no one's really calling us and saying, job well done, right? If people are calling us, they're telling us, that there's something wrong. So we have a bias towards negative feedback because that's all we're hearing. So we have a, a, a much larger sensitivity to it. But actually um, using da data like this can cut through all that and say, well, we can quantify the upside for you and quantify the downside. And the downside is negligible. Really interesting. How uh, How is Australia Post using these insights now on a day-to-day -day basis? How are you implementing them and then building on this capability? People who know me well know I dislike the word insight. You dislike the word insight. Insights is good. Action is better. Oh, I see. Action's better. Okay, got it. Action is better. Like the, the way that we think about this is 
we're not here to satisfy your curiosity. We want you to act on the information that we're providing. For me, it's important that the report not only shares the insight, but also what we can do about it. That's why it also covers what Australia Post is doing about making the delivery experience better based on these insights, in addition to the recommendations that we're offering for online retailers. So as a consequence of these insights, we're demonstrating in the report that we are investing in more locations for people to have their parcels delivered to. More parcel lockers, more retail partner locations, and opening up our PO boxes providing more accurate delivery dates and implementing better route optimization technology to provide two-hour delivery windows. Things like creating better digital experiences through our Australia Post app, which provides a holistic experience of visibility across all customer parcels and to enable the ability to select safe drop and to divert parcels to alternative locations. And of course, always investing in greater capacity to manage growing volumes and upgrading our infrastructure in processing line haul and last mile. This data is used to generate an insight, yes, but it's also used to inform where to place our investments and to act on them. We have the action on the part of Australia Post in the ways that you just mentioned, given this example on this particular recommendation, but how already would you say that that's impacting the customers? The impact to the customers comes from the recommendations we've been making to a lot of retailers based on this data. So this this report is a reflection of some of the conversations that we've been having with retailers who are already making these choices and we're already starting to see these benefits come through. We've been working with retailers who are willing to reduce their signature to see what actually happens to the delivery experience and whether we can improve first-time delivery, uh, not only as an experiment, but actually to validate our hypothesis based on what we're seeing in the data. And we are seeing that flow through. Those retailers that are making these calls based on these insights are already starting to see the benefit of the first-time delivery experience that it's providing to their customers. And so we are making these recommendations to all who, um, who want to hear and listen to this. And the recommendations, for example, when it comes to signature are really, really simple. Consider removing the requirements for signature on delivery. And you might just want to start with removing signature on items in cards of a, you know, um, below a certain value. Considering offering safe drop for deliveries that don't require a signature and using the Australia Post Collect API or widget or encouraging people to use the Australia Post app to set their preferred collection points, especially for customers that live in apartments, because those are the most difficult to execute. And with these recommendations, we are seeing retailers act and we're seeing the corresponding benefit in the improvement in the net promoter scores and also first time delivery. To me, it seems like there's a three-prong, just on this single recommendation, there's a three-prong impact on the consumer. One is the actual level of service they're getting from Australia Post. Second is the reduction of drag on the resources of Australia Post, which allows you to better serve the customer at a more cost-effective basis, which ultimately is great for everybody. And then on the the things that they're getting delivered, it's improving their their experience with the brands that they're buying from. Absolutely. And I think it's based on us striving to meet changing and evolving customer expectations. If we say are carded one out of 10 times or one out of 20 times, that's the one we remember. We don't remember the other 19 that we got to your door or that I received at my door safely. 
So I think as our expectations evolve and increase, we have to continue to not only meet those expectations, but try to exceed them. And so what we're offering here is uh, recommendations that we think will help us do that, but also then, uh, uh, I guess, an idea of our roadmaps and our path to improving that experience based on the investments that Australia Post is making. So we're at a very interesting time here as we we hopefully are emerging from the global pandemic uh, bit by bit. I know each country and each region has its own experience right now. And so, you know, you get a certain data set before the pandemic, a certain during the pandemic, and then you kind of see where people settle, how many people continue to work from home versus in the office and how that changes the dynamics of you know, of all of those things. How do you see going ahead, taking a fresh data set and revisiting these recommendations going forward and being able to see, you know, does this stay true? You know, was this a, a snapshot in time and these recommendations made sense in that moment with this data set? Let's adjust our compass a little bit. Tell me about that. We're paying a lot of attention to that. And so this report covers both analysis pre-COVID and during COVID to see if we can see consistent patterns in the data, regardless of, of the situation or the circumstance. And coming back to this one example, we saw a consistent pattern. Now, yes, of course, more people were at home and first-time delivery rates dropped, but it was still 10 times worse getting a parcel to your door first time with those that required a signature versus those that did not. So uh, just to give you a, an example, pre-COVID, we were carting about 21% of parcels that required a signature versus 2% that those did, that did not. And that dropped to about 10% carting for those that required a signature during COVID versus 1% for those parcels that did not. So the patterns were the same. It's just the, I guess, the the gravity or the or the um, size of that problem had diminished because we were all working from home. So that's what we're actually paying attention to. Are the patterns consistent? And if they are consistent, then this is symptomatic of not something that's being impacted by COVID, but by something else. How does, if at all, uh, you know, you've got sort of clinical data set and then you have sort of a psychological component when you're collecting data from people uh, that, you know, we talked about pre-COVID, during COVID, after COVID. So we have the actual f tangible, factual data set, and then we have the motivation of people in their responses uh, and, and opinions on things that I assume are part of that data set as well. How do you factor that in, Silvio, uh, and, and factor in, again, circumstantial information and an impact based on number one, the period of time that, you know, so data collected closer to the beginning of the pandemic would be different than data mid pandemic, which would be, and I'm sorry to focus so much on the pandemic, but this is the moment that this has been collected. So, so how have you been able to factor in the psychological, you know, people living in fear, people focused on fixing their lives, people, not caring about things they normally care about. Maybe after pandemic, people have a sense of hope and adventure, so they may feel differently about things. How does psychology play into it? It plays into it in a couple of ways, and we see the consequence of it for the most part. So if I reflect on the pandemic and as we were coming into the pandemic, during our lockdowns in particular, we had different states 
lockdown at different times. And I'm in Victoria where we experienced, I guess, some of the longest lockdowns during that period. We were watching pretty closely what was happening with our online shopping, but also which categories. So in the in the early days, you saw essential goods and home homewares actually immediately increase after, I suppose, I suppose the initial periods of the lockdown. And as we started to realise that this lockdown wasn't going to be as short or as sharp as we all hoped, we started to see the trends um, change. We started to understand, well, we're going to be spending more time at home with our kids. So hobbies and games and toys then started to increase a lot as we realised that we're spending a lot more time with each other at home and we wanted to find more ways of entertaining ourselves beyond Netflix. And then as we started to understand that we were in this for the long haul, we started to see quite a lot of online purchases around the DIY area. So people started to do a lot more outside, you know, in their gardens and, and also around their homes so that they can keep themselves occupied, but also tackle a lot of those tasks that we've all been waiting to tackle for many years or, or months uh, that we haven't really gotten around to. So that was one area that we, we focused on. The other, the other area that we also observed in the psychology was that people were, were a lot more, I guess, uh, forgiving, understanding of the difficulty in the delivery experience. At that time, we had restrictions and so uh, across Victoria. And as online shopping went through the roof, we had to deal with those increased volumes, so to speak, with one hand tied behind our back as our facilities were reduced to two-thirds their capacity. And so, of course, it took longer for parcels to get to their door. And for the most part, actually, people were very understanding of that. We really got a sense of customers' strength in their attitudes towards what was going on more holistically outside of their homes. As you look ahead, just sort of geeking out on data science here, is there a particular recommendation, a particular area that kind of came together from from this report that you're most intrigued to see how it may change over time, you know, as as you continue to to revisit, you know, additional data sets and see where that needle might move? By far, the biggest one is the signature one, only because it's, it's actually less about me geeking out on the data, but more about us, me, or I guess observing the hurdle, the psychological hurdle that we place on signature and the security we place around it. It's, a, it's quite a significant hurdle, and I'm very curious to understand whether the data can convince us to actually change our preconceived notions around the security around signature. And I do apologize for focusing on this one example, but it is the most fascinating for me, not only because of the data, not only because of that psychological hurdle, but based on many, many of the conversations that we've had with retailers and the surprise and delight that we get from retailers who have made the switch. With that in mind, I guess one final question that goes to the other end of the spectrum. What do you think the future of data science overall looks like? And what role does, say, something like artificial intelligence play into it? I'm excited by that future because we're now focusing on intervention more and more. And that is leveraging machine learning and artificial intelligence to improve speed and service in real time. And for us at Australia Post, this is going to be done at scale. 
Australian Post facilitates about 80% of the Australian e-commerce market, give or take, and ours is a physical business. On any given day, you could have up to 19,000 posties or delivery drivers delivering 1.3 million parcels to your door across the country. So our people are at the heart of our business. So we're going to be using AI to work with our people and augment how they work. We have a data bot called Dexter. It monitors delivery processing data every day and communicates with our frontline workers all the time. Just a couple of examples here. It monitors parcels traveling through the network and predicts volume spikes expected in the coming day so they can plan for them. It notifies facility managers about late flights and trucks to help with processing and resourcing. You know, we're using machine learning to improve accuracy of our estimated delivery dates so you know when to expect your parcel. These are a few examples of what we're doing and it's just a taste and it's only the beginning. It's only going to get better from here. So uh, I guess we, we ought to finish with this. How can people access this uh, incredible report, the delivery experience report, and, uh, and, and how do you suggest they kind of apply it into action? You'll be hearing about it hopefully all across the socials. Uh, it will be available on the Australia Post website, so you'll be able to access it there. Uh, a lot of online retailers will have account managers who will bring it to their attention as well, so please look, be on the lookout for it. And I think the one thing that I would do is observe the recommendations that are being made and consider them with an open mind and pay close attention to the data. You have some data in there that you can actually compare to your own experiences if you make those decisions. And if you're ever not certain, there are people at Australia Post that you can speak to. Uh, the first would be your account managers, and we're always available to answer any questions that our online retail customers have about any changes that they would like. Silvio, any, any last pieces of wisdom or reflections on this topic that you'd like to leave behind as we, as we finish this conversation? Nothing new, just the old adage that I'm, I constantly follow, insights is good, action is better. We only tend to focus on the insights that we believe are necessary to drive change and action. Everything else is just information. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a look at the inaugural delivery experience report from Australia Post. Thanks to Silvio Giorgio, the general manager of data science. Thank you very much, sir. It was so nice to meet you. And what a fascinating conversation. Uh, I can't wait for this report to start getting in people's hands and for them to, as you said, start taking action. Thank you, Mark. All right. That's it for this episode of Fusion Fast Forward. We'll see you again soon with another great and insightful and hopefully actionable conversation very soon. Until then, have a great day. I'm Mark Rico. Bye-bye.